This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Ways to get involved. We're going to talk about that tonight, about being discipled in a local church. That's part of the uh, message that I'm going to build in. So uh, for offering tonight, just basic. Give whatever's in your heart. The Bible talks about where to give our tithes, where to give offerings. There's lots of different places to give. We have the backpack and school supplies coming up. If you can give a little towards that, that's an offering. You don't give your tithe. The tithe just goes to the local church, the place where you're getting fed. All the ways to give are up here. Offerings are all the things above that. If you want to buy some backpacks, if you want to buy some school supplies, or you're like, I don't know what to buy. Let me just give $20 and y'all go shopping, I'm a master shopper and I like to buy stuff for the kids. So we can do that. So thank you for giving so faithfully. A couple of announcements before I start. All the ladies and your teen daughters, anybody from junior high up are invited Friday night. We're having our Cherish Night. We're really excited about it because this is, we do a fundraiser attached to it called a sip and shop. That means you can eat, you can drink, and you can shop. We have over 20 vendors that are coming to the gym. That starts 6 to 7 if you want to come early and shop. We're going to have our regular Cherish Night with worship and the word and lots of fun things. That's at 7. And then after we finish that, we'll have an hour to go back over there and have more fun and shopping. So any of you are welcome. Invite any friends. They don't have to come to church here. It's just a night for the girls to gather. So we want all of you to come to that. Sunday night, you get a free snow cone at Happy's on Indiana. So you and your family come. It's a celebration that we have been here for 23 years. This is our anniversary birthday month. So make sure you come out, bring your family. There's not going to be room for all of us to fit in there. So you can't stay the whole time. We love you. But come in, get your snow cone, say hi. And then y'all can go and let the next family come in. All right. And then uh, teachers, we want to bless you. Make sure you turn in a wish list. Um, And if your children are in need of school supplies or a backpack, we want to provide for them. So just sign up online or there's forms at the info table. Did you get your handout? Lovely green handout. You know I'm speaking if there's a handout like this. If you didn't get one, our wonderful ushers are in the aisle and they will help you do it. We've been talking the whole summer, remember, about thriving and being healthy for the Lord. A couple of things, remember, 3 John 2, our key scripture, um, God said that he wants us to prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. It's not just about accepting Jesus and then we don't ever do anything. It's about every area of our life we allow God to touch from our money to our emotions to our mind to our, uh, what else have we done? Our physical health, our bodies, all those different areas God wants to touch deeply in every area. The question always is, will we give him access to do that? And so we're talking, last week I talked, I did the introductory part about emotional health. If you missed it, I would suggest you go back on YouTube or on Facebook 
or on the podcast app and listen to that because this little review is just touching the surface of what we covered. Okay, we talked about when we continue to stuff our emotions and feelings inside, we'll either do one of two things. When we've stuffed them and stuffed them and stuffed them, we'll start leaking out gradually or we will have a huge explosion. And guess what? It's usually on the people that are closest to us that get that because we've stuffed our emotions and we haven't allowed ourselves to deal with them. How do we know if we're emotionally immature in this area? Have we matured in our emotional health? Okay, here's what, how you know. Your ability to process anger, sadness, or hurt reveals how our emotional hurt is doing. And all of us will go through those emotions, anger, sadness, hurt. And you may think, no, I'm having a great, I'm, my life is great. Okay, wait till next week. And guess what? We live in a fallen world and we live with people um, that are human and you'll be tested, okay? So that's how you know if you're mature, if you're processing through. Not that you don't have those emotions because we all have them. We have opportunities to be angry on the way driving to church, right? We can be angry. When your teenagers don't do what you've asked or your little ones, um, we have those opportunities. Or when things happen, we get sad. Okay, then the next thing we talked about last week, we cannot be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. So you can think all you want that you're a spiritual giant, but if you are not able to process your emotions, you will remain spiritually immature. They are connected. Every part of our self, God made us spirit, soul, and body. Everything is connected. Um, and then we talked about to the degree that we are unable to express our emotions, we remain impaired in our ability to love God, love others, and ourselves well. And what's the greatest commandment he gave us? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love others as you love yourself. So he's called us to love, but if we're so hurt in our emotions and we have not taken the, the time and done the work to process, we can't love others effectively. And then the last thing that we talked about last week that we're going to really hit on tonight is that we are all shaped by our families of origin. And the work of growing in Christ, which is called sanctification, one of those big religious words, it demands that we go back to break free from unhealthy and destructive patterns that prevent us from loving the way that we're supposed to. So there's our review. Now let's pick up tonight. I'm going to deal with some principles of emotional health, just three. The first one is to look beneath the surface. Look beneath the surface. And there's little blanks and they're filled in up here. That's to help you. If you see it and if you write it and if you hear it, guess what? We're touching on three of the ways to learn and I hope it's going to stay with us more the more we, we do these things. Emotional development can be well hidden in our lives. See, emotionally healthy people, which is what we want to be, take a deep hard look inside their hearts and ask, what's going on inside of me that Jesus wants to change? 
We look at that. We, we think about it. We don't ignore what Christ is trying to do on the inside of us. And when we do this, guess what? Our lives are like an iceberg. And guess what an iceberg? You only see the surface part of the iceberg above the water. Our lives are like that. We can go along. We come in church and people are like, how are you? And what do you say? Fine. How was your week? Good. One word answers. And you may have had a crappy week. You may have really been disappointed by something and your job may have really stressed you out this week and you had a fight with your family. But we're so surface, we're like that iceberg. All we allow people to see is that top little part. And that part, it makes us look like we're in control. Guess what social media does? It's the highlight reel of that top part of our lives. It never goes to those places down deep where we have to process through hurt and anger and sadness. And so social media is like that highlight reel of our best days. And really emotionally healthy people invite God to come in. That's what worship's about. When they say this altar is open, guess what? We have a choice. We can sit back there. And you don't have to come up here every time. I'm not saying that. But there's something that happens during the worship part of the service where all the walls that we've built up to keep all those emotions in, those walls begin to come down. And some of you have got real high walls that you've built up. Every hurt, every time you got angry, every disappointment, you were abused, neglected, is a brick in this wall that you've built up. And guess what? We build not just to keep people out, but it keeps God out as well. But when we come in for worship and we're allowing God to work in us, we're becoming emotionally healthy, worship helps those walls to come down. You ever notice that? Then when pastor or, or me or someone else, Pastor Evan, whoever it is up here, they get up to speak the word and we can receive it then because our walls have begun to come down. We're emotionally maturing. So our lives are like that, that we generally only allow people to see the surface of our lives. And you know what? Sometimes we're so broken that we have believed a lie about our lives. A lie that all the things had to be this way. Or this was how my whole childhood was. You may, and I told y'all a story last week of, of our son that he had in his mind built up that this, this event that had happened that he found out a few years ago had wiped out his whole good childhood years. And we talked about it and I said, no, those years were true. Yes, this has happened. And it, it is pretty deep. But don't let that lie come in that tells us that things are not the way that God really has them in reality for our lives. We have to be careful that we have not allowed lies to come in and change the way that we think about things. Okay, up here on your paper, an authentic relationship with Christ takes us into the depths, the shadows, the strongholds, and the darkness deep within our own souls that must be purged. Okay, 
And most people think, oh, I, I'm, allow I'm doing that. I'm good. I'm allowing Jesus to transform me. But again, how much of that are you allowing him to transform? I want to show you a picture of an iceberg. It's actually the same one that's on the front of this book that I told you this teaching um, is taken from Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Schizero. But if you look at this iceberg, you only see if you were going along the water, you only see that top part, okay? And that's how our life is, many layers. Can you see the layers and layers and layers that build up over time underneath? That's what happens when we don't process our emotions. And I have a question for you. See, that's only 10% up top. 90% you cannot see. So when, how many of you have seen the movie Titanic? You would have to live in a cave if you have not. It's on reruns all the time. Okay, when Titanic struck an iceberg just like this, which part did the most damage? What you saw above the surface? Remember those little guys were up there and they were cold and they had their binoculars and they're looking, looking for icebergs. And they didn't have any. The captain had no worry in the world. And all of a sudden they saw that 10% up there. But what did the most damage on the Titanic? Everything that was underneath on that iceberg, right? It was the underneath. And guess what? The underneath of our lives is what will destroy us if we don't deal with the emotions and the things we go through. It does the most damage to us. So, in the same way, most of us shipwreck or live inconsistent lives because of forces and motivations beneath the surface of our lives. And sometimes we don't even know they're there. Did you know that you can bury things? You can bury a lot of things and lock those doors away. I talked about that last week. Sometimes things are so traumatic. We, especially in childhood, and you don't have the words to even process and say the things that have happened. And so you just lock those doors off and forget about them. But that doesn't mean they're not there. Those layers are still there. So, I want to read to you John chapter 8, verses 31 through 33. Jesus was calling out some of his disciples on their surface discipleship. Okay? That 10%, they allowed people to see, and they thought they were spiritual giants. Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, not just one time, did you notice that? It's not a one-time decision for Jesus. He's saying when you continue day in and day out to embrace what I teach, whether we like it or not, you prove that you are my true followers. Verse 32, for if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. Verse 33, surprised by this, they said, but we're the descendants of Abraham and we're already free. We've never been in bondage to anyone. How could you say that we will be released into more freedom? They answer Jesus like that. Does that sound like us sometimes? Jesus may be wooing our hearts and saying, let's deal with that area. 
Why don't you let me into that area? Would you unlock that door? Would you trust me to do that? And we're like, nah, I'm good. I'm all good. I'm free. I don't have any issues. I don't have any problems. And we do surface discipleship. I'll just watch a podcast or a on the web at home. I don't want to go to church, and I'm not saying anything about all of you watching online. I'm glad you're there, but there's something that happens when we actually come into relationship with people. And we allow Jesus to touch those deep parts of us. So don't be afraid to allow Jesus to access or access to all the hidden parts of your emotional past so that his healing touch can change your future. I love that. Let him touch your past so he can change your future. That's our first principle of emotional health is to look beneath the surface. Number two, breaking the power of the past. This is going back in order to go forward. Here's a good statement for you. I used to teach history have a college degree in history. And guess what? Those who do not acknowledge the past are what? Destined to repeat it. The kids would always say, why do we have to learn about World War II, which was one of my favorite things to teach, and the Holocaust? Why do we have to learn about that? Because guess what? If we don't learn about it, if we don't go back and see and learn the lessons from the hard things in our past, we're destined to repeat them. Now, this is where we're going to get into talking about our families. When we're emotionally healthy, we understand how our past affects our present ability to love Christ and others. There's this complex relationship that exists between the kind of person we are today and who we were in our past. And many of us have walked away. We had difficult pasts and we think, I'm walking away from that. I'm starting a new life. That's not who, that's not who I am today. And I get that we are made in the image of Christ and we're new creations, but we are also damaged goods from what we've been through in our past. There's this complex relationship that happens. And numerous forces shape who we are today. But guess what? The number one influence that shapes us is the family that we grew up in. That's the primary. And except in rare cases, people can get away from that, but it's very difficult. It's the most powerful system that shapes who we are today. So on your paper, we have three families that affect us. Number one, our family of origin. That's the family you grew up in. How many of you had the choice on who you were born to? Raise your hand. Nobody will raise their hand because guess what? Babies don't have that option. Babies are conceived and sometimes people are like, I, you know, I didn't intend to have a baby. I didn't want to get pregnant. I already had these. I, you know, I wasn't ready. I was in college or some of you were in high school, whatever. But babies don't have a choice to who they're born to. And all babies are a blessing. Sometimes the mom may not be able to 
raise that child, and that's why adoption is such a beautiful thing, that you can sow that child into someone else's life and allow them to have a better life than what you might be able to give them. But babies don't have an option. So we don't have an option who our family of origin was. And sometimes we may think, I'm kind of embarrassed of the family that I came from. Some of you might say, I'm ashamed of the family that I came from. Now, some of us might say, wow, I had a great family, and I'm really proud of the family that I came from. But your family of origin shapes you. The second one is your our, fa our present family. We make those choices. Our present family, who you marry, okay? You're the children that you've had. And then the third one is our spiritual family. Take a look around you. And those of you online, this is your spiritual family. It is our choice to connect with a local body of Christ, a local church, that this becomes our spiritual family. And guess what our spiritual family can do? They can help us, help rewire us when we've had trauma in our past. They can help us learn. Stormy talks about all the time that it's so sad about men and that there's such a lack of fathers that are good, that are showing our young men. This is how, what a real man, a real godly man is like. He has, feels a real call to do that. Many of you are probably like, yeah, I see that. There's a real strong male sense because that's lacking. A local body or spiritual family can teach you those things. Teach you what a godly woman is. Teach our, our teenagers are down there. And guess what they're learning tonight? They're learning biblical foundations. Isn't that good? Our elementary kids are learning about Jesus and how much he loves them. Our preschool, all the way down, are learning that Jesus is there for them and loves them and he's their best friend. Our spiritual family can shape us. And I talked last week, this was on your, the back of your paper last week. I have some more copies I'm going to leave up here. This, they, some people would just call it a family tree. When you go and do therapy about your family, they, make you, they sometimes make you fill out what's called a gen genogram. And this genogram, um, I, I put some directions here to fill in about your family relationships. And then I gave you some tips down here about filling in not just names, but maybe patterns in your family. Because again, our family of origin, we can ignore it all we want, but it has shaped us. And sometimes we're like, why do I act the way I do? Why do I do these things over and over again and I can't seem to get away from it? It's probably because there's a generational pattern. And after I spoke last week, Stormy told me, he's like, I think I want to teach on generational curses again. And I said, yes, that's good. So we can only change what we're aware of. That's why we do this. You know, in medical, they make you do this for medical history as well. Now, they may not put it in a tree like this, but they'll say, has anyone in your family ever had cancer? Uh, what did, are your parents still living? What did they, if they're, they've passed, what did, what, did they have any disease? And they'll make you do this history. Well, guess what? We have an emotional history as well. So you can pick one of these up and do this. 
Um, and you know, sometimes people are like, well, I came from a good family. Uh, we didn't have any of those problems. I don't need to do that. Sometimes those people are the hardest. It takes the longest time to do this because we just look at the surface. But I will tell you, there are no perfect families. None. Do not look at another family and think they have it all figured out. They've never had any problems. That is not the truth. Every family is broken, okay? There's patterns of, of things in families' lives. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you when you do things like this. Show me, Holy Spirit, what I need to do to break these curses so that my children don't have to walk in this. Because what we don't break, guess what? We're passing on to our children. So, Jesus redeems us from our sin but many of us still suffer from the effects of the emotional baggage passed down to us from our families of origin. It's like they had these suitcases of emotional baggage and they hand it off. And they're like, when we have kids, if we don't break these curses and deal, process through and deal with the stuff that we've gone through, we just, here you go, to our sons, to our daughters. And if they don't learn to deal with it, it gets passed on generation after generation after generation. You know, we all, we all descended from a family, the original family, which was Adam and Eve, that when they sinned, that became our heritage. Now, we know Christ came to redeem us from that sin. But many of us still carry on those generational sins. And guess what? I know it's hard. It's hard to look back and look at things that a lot of families want to hide in closets and keep secret. This happens a lot with sexual abuse. There's, that happens to one child, and guess what? They tell them, you don't tell anybody. This is our secret. Then they go, after a while, to another child. Don't tell anyone. And a lot of times, until those siblings get to be adults, somebody finally says something and they're like, that happened to me too. But there's these secrets. That's what the enemy wants, is to keep this emotional stuff hidden and stuffed down in our lives so that we don't get free. Because the truth sets us free, right? I know it's difficult, and we don't do it to shame our parents. There are, were no perfect parents. Your parents probably did the best they could with the broken tools that were handed to them from their parents and from their grandparents. But we want to get healthy so that we can start something new in our generation and pass down blessings instead of curses. So every family is marked by sin and pain. What is my family marked by? Only you can answer that question. You will have to answer that. That's why we have this to kind of look at, ask the Holy Spirit, pray, say, Holy Spirit, what, what is it that you want me to, to work on in my family that I need to change in this family tree, in this genogram? Um, let's look at Exodus chapter 20, verses 5 and 6. Because I'm going fast, I have all the scriptures up here. 
This was a command that God gave in Exodus. He said, you must not bow down. He's talking about other idols, things that would want our attention. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. Verse 6, but I lavish unfailing love on a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. See, this scripture right here shows us that a person's actions have long-term consequences. Good or bad? What's being passed down in your family? Generational blessings, generational curses. Your consequences are long-term. The blessings and sins of our families have impact lasting for at least three to four generations, it said in that scripture. We have to do the hard work, church, of allowing God to come in and work to break off those patterns. And guess what? We can also be affected in our present lives by traumatic events that happen to us, not necessarily um, something like abuse, it could be divorce. The death of a child changes a family forever. A miscarriage, a uh, death of a parent. Some of you may have lost a parent when you were young. Even as an adult, it affects us deeply. A sibling may have been lost and it changes the whole dynamic of that family. Now, we haven't had wars in our generation very much, but people going off to war can affect a family's uh, makeup. All of those different things can affect our present lives. There was a, do y'all remember the gymnast that competed? I think she was the most honored gymnast. Her name was Simone Biles. And at the last Summer Olympics, she had done beautifully won two gold medals in these events. And she got to her last event and she tried a couple of times and she couldn't, she didn't do well. And she withdrew herself from the competition. And they did some interviews later. I went back and watched one last night. And she said she didn't realize that she had suppressed the trauma that she had gone through, which if you know the whole story, Pastor mentioned this story in one of his uh, messages not long ago. The doctor for the Olympic team, the team doctor had sexually molested most of the girls. And of course, didn't come out for years and she was one of them. Then she testified, four of them were brave enough to testify before Congress. And she talked about, so she, all that happened. Then she goes to the Olympics. And by the time she got to that last event, she could not get her body and her mind to get together to compete at the highest level that you would ever compete at. And she had to withdraw. And she talked about for her mental health, she had to do this. We're going to be talking about mental health the next two weeks. And it's a very important area. But when we suppress traumatic events, church, it will come out. It will handicap us in some way or another. 
It may take years. It may take days, weeks, months. We don't know that. Do the hard work now. A uh, funny thing about my family is, uh, you know, we live in an age where you can put some spit in a bottle and mail it off to one of these DNA companies, Ancestry.com and the, what's the 23, 23 and Me. And guess what? Secrets can be revealed. We've had three family members show up that we did not know about through those two uh, ancestry sites. Two on my mom's side, and then another one contacted me, and I just assumed it was on my mom's side, and it was on my dad's side. And they were trying to figure out, my cousin is here tonight, and one of them, she had uh, someone show up in her family when her father died that was related. And people have tried to keep secrets, tried to suppress things, and guess what? It never turns out good. That doesn't mean we have to take out an ad on social media and say, this is everything that is about my family. That's not it at all. It's us processing and working through these feelings and emotions so they don't keep damaging us in our future. All right, let's get back to your paper. We're going to finish up unhealed wounds. Open us up to habitual sin against God and others. That's that leaking out of anger, of uh, some people call it passive-aggressive behavior. We leak out or we explode on the people around us. And God cannot heal what we will not reveal. If we hit it, keep it hidden away, we won't allow him to touch that. We won't let him unlock that room of our lives. He can't heal what we don't reveal to him. And parents, guess what? Many of you have some brokenness in your story, but if you will allow God to make sense of your story, it can change the next generation. And they won't have to suffer because of that. Take responsibility. Think about Joseph. In the Bible, in Genesis chapter 37 through 50 is the whole story of Joseph. Starts it when he was 17 and he thought he knew it all like most teenagers. And he had life figured out and the God gave him these dreams. Your brothers are going to all bow down to you. And he decided to tell them and that did not turn out well, we know. And he went through a series of events. They sold him to slave traders. He was a slave. He got taken to another country. God blessed him in Egypt and he became the head of the country, then the wife lied about him, got thrown back in prison. I mean, he went through all these traumatic events. And I love how his story ends. And this is where our story can end too. Look at Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20. Joseph answered his brothers, and this is what he said. He said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. That's the Romans 8.28, that God takes everything. He doesn't do everything, but he'll take everything and turn it for good in our lives. And Joseph said, he brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Will you help save the lives of the people after you? Because you allow God to turn the bad things that have happened 
and let him rewrite your story, write the next chapter. Because when we deal with these things emotionally, it's like we let him deal with them and we close a chapter. Yes, that happened. Yes, that's part of my story. But guess what? God writes a beautiful new chapter in our lives when we let him heal us and heal our emotions. So becoming a Christian is to be birthed into a new family. This new spiritual family can reparent us into emotional wholeness as a disciple of Jesus Christ. When we become a Christian, we have a new name, we have a new identity, it's now the blood of Jesus, we're a part of the family of God, we're adopted, okay, by our Heavenly Father. See, we honor our parents, but we obey Jesus. We don't have to, when we become adults, we don't do what our parents say anymore. Now, you should listen to them. And some of them have a voice of wisdom, and you should ask them. But guess what? We're now accountable to the Lord. And we still show honor for the rest of our life for their position. Because they were our mom, they were our dad, they were our adopted dad, our stepdad, our stepmom. But we obey our new father, which is Christ and God. We're in this new family of God. Discipleship is the process of putting off the sinful patterns of our family of origin and culture. I said this last week. Jesus may be in your heart, but grandpa is in your bones, okay? Discipleship is getting Jesus in your bones and letting him deeply transform you. Get discipled. How are you going to get discipled? This fall, we're starting small groups. Those of you, good job that you came on a Wednesday night. When you listen and you come to church and you take notes and you think about it, guess what? You're getting discipled. We have some mentorship programs. I put a resource on there. There's a family coaching that we support that do the work of therapy. Go to counseling. Find a mentor. Find a spiritual mom, a spiritual dad. Somebody that will hold you accountable that you are growing in the things of Christ. So that second thing was we have to look back to go forward. Third, the last gift, or excuse me, the last principle of emotional health is to receive the gift of limits. We're almost done here. We must have healthy limits and boundaries in every area of our life with ourselves and with others. We have to tell ourselves no. I myself would love to have a coffee every afternoon full of sugar and full of caffeine. It would love to have ice cream and chocolate cake, but guess what? I tell myself no, because I know that's not gonna be good for me on a, a large basis. I don't withhold it all the time. I do enjoy that sometimes, but I don't let myself have whatever it wants, whether that's food, whether that's sexual desires, Whatever it is, we have to tell ourselves, no, we can't spend more money than we make. All of those are very basic things that we have to put limits on ourselves, And we have to put limits or boundaries on our in our relationships with others, okay? I'm going to talk a lot about this in the, uh, August when we talk about relational or social health. 
So I want you to look at Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. It says, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. That tree represented God's authority. And Adam and Eve had a choice. Am I going to respect that limit, that boundary, and the authority that God had placing that on my life? And we all know the story. Adam and Eve did not. They chose not to respect God's authority. They didn't trust and surrender to him that he knew what was best for them. Like many of us, we deal with this. See, Jesus modeled living within these limits. Did you know he didn't heal every single sick person? He didn't go and start churches in every single town that they asked him to. He didn't even go to all of the countries that he could have. He stayed in the limits that God placed on his life and the boundaries. He knew he, had, he was fully God, fully human. And we have to understand there has to be limits in our life if we're going to be emotionally healthy. But at the end of his life in John 17, 4, Jesus said this, I have glorified you down here on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. He did what God asked him to do. Are you going to do what God asked you to do? With yourself and in your relationships with others. Let's finish this up. The last thing, it says a healthy boundary shows where my responsibility ends and someone else's begins. And you cannot do for others what they should be doing for themselves and have a healthy relationship. And do not think if you're enabling a family member now that they'll just suddenly stop taking advantage of you. They won't. They'll just keep on and keep on. We're going to talk a lot more about that in the future. So I want you guys to stand up. You can lay your papers aside. And this is how we're going to end tonight. We finished up this emotional health teaching. I know it's been uncomfortable. Some of the things that I've talked about may have hit some little triggers in your life, some places that were tender. And you may have had to think about things that you, did, you didn't want to think about. You thought you'd left those in the past. But I want to encourage you that it's okay and it's safe to give your hurts and your trauma and your disappointments to Jesus. He's there for you. So would you close your eyes and let's just pray this. Jesus, we come to you. And Lord, we are broken without you medicine and therapy are gifts, but they're incomplete without you. Jesus, come. Heal every broken place in our lives. Heal us, God, from the inside so it will come to the outside, God. We know we can't be true disciples of you, God, if we don't let you touch every area of our lives. 
So Lord, give us the courage. Give us the strength, Lord, to do this hard work of facing the emotional pain in our past. Lord, I pray a healing over every family right now. Lord, the families that have had brokenness in their history, God, I break that in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that you would do a work. You would do a work that only you can do in Jesus' name. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.